0: Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for subscribing to 28 Days of Glory, daily segments of Biblical Principle taught by the right Reverend LeVon and Reverend Selena Breland. Father, we thank you and praise you for this day, knowing that this is the day that you have made. We rejoice and are glad we thank you for another opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. It is the authority of your word that gives me confidence to make boldly known the mysteries of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do lean and depend on the Holy Spirit as educator and guide to give me clear articulation of speech and deliberation of thought as I make manifold known the wisdom of God. Holy Spirit, I say, have your way. Do what only you can do. Anoint the people's ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. Father, and everything that shall be accomplished and revealed, you be glorified, for it is in the name of the Lord Jesus that we do praise you and give you glory, in Jesus' precious name, amen. We are discussing um, from the series, The Nature of God. We are talking about the nature of God, and this is lesson two, The Trek of Faith, Establishing the Connection. The Trek of Faith, Establishing the Connection. In the last lesson, we talked about transforming our perspective, and we engage into a scripture found in Ephesians chapter 2 that's, that declares itself to say, Therefore, remember, the form, uh, remember that formerly you were Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who called themselves the circumcised, which was done in the body by human hands. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from the citizenship of Israel and foreigners of the covenant of promise without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once were away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier of the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in the flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. He purposed, his purpose was to create in himself a new humanity out of two thus making peace and in him one body to reconcile both them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you, and you who were afar away, and the peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer for you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, also members of his household. Built on the foundations of the apostles and prophets with Christ, Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you, um, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit, and today we're going to amplify that concept. We we said that there are three key um, um, uh, elements to this revelation. Number one being salvation. Number two being redemption, and number three being reconciliation. Salvation in verses eleven through thirteen. Now today I want to give you a definition of salvation. Salvation is a work of recovery and restoration of personal liberty and eternal security. I want to say that again. It is a work of recovery and restoration of personal liberty and security. I want to give you a definition for redemption. Redemption is a work that regenerates us back to right standing with God through the sacrificial work of the cross and resurrection. And then I want to give you a word, I want to read that again, that redemption is a work that regenerates us back to right standing with God through the sacrificial work of the cross and resurrection. That's very important for today, today's lesson. And then also reconciliation, which will really amplify in the nature of God um, in the third lesson, which we deal with it being a work of renewal of the heart to the fruits of the Holy Spirit that expresses his love one to another in character, in conduct, and commitment. So in reconciliation, it is a work of renewal of the heart to the fruits of the Holy Spirit that expresses his love one to another in character, in conduct, and commitment. And I want you to write down as a reference, which we're not going to go to today, Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 12 through 35. So the three points of last week's lesson or last week's lesson was to evaluate our state of faith because without faith it is impossible to please God. Anyone that comes to God must believe that he is the water of them that diligently seek him. So we have to examine ourselves. In uh, First, Second Corinthians thirteen five it says, "Examine yourselves whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know that ye your own bodies how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates." Then we also talked about establishing an open heart to transform through reflecting on the Word of God. Through reflecting on the Word of God, anybody who looks on the Word of God is blessed in all of his doing. And then Proverbs four twenty three says, "Keep thy heart with all diligence." For out of it flows the issues of life. And in us establishing the nature of God, to, we are, we are in, encouraging one another to, to do several things. Uh, and this lesson is set to do several things. It is set to um, advance the study of godliness as we provoke a deeper reflection on how we qualify our encounters with God for developing godliness in our lives. It also is, um, it is our um, It is our own efforts that we must attain, uh, uh, we must know or keep this in mind that it is our own efforts that we must perfect and present to affirm our faith to access, to our access to God that transforms our lives to living in these discovered confidences established through the ascribed life that he classified in the scriptures. And in doing so, we will provide a clarified platform for practical truths and patterns concerning God that shapes and enhances our perspective to godliness. And one of the very um, teachings that we don't hear in the body of Christ, which we should um, hear, is the teaching of godliness. Because the encounters that we have with God should produce in us... um, a reality called godliness that empowers us. Now, in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, I'll read it now, and then we'll, we'll go on through the scripture. It says, grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ our Lord. So we understand that the reality of grace is multiplied to us through knowledge. As we look intently into the word of God, we are blessed in our doing so. And so it's important as we begin to trek. faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So this particular lesson will provoke you to go deeper into the Word of God by simple resolves. And hopefully we'll get through all of what we have to set out for tonight by the or today by the help of God. Now, the scripture says, according to his divine power hath he given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him, that has called us to the to glory and virtue whereby we are given such exceeding pre- and precious promises that by these the promises that he's given us we might be partakers of his divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through us so we are transforming the god complex and we're transforming it by transforming our perspective and now by the trek of faith by establishing the connection that we have with God, so we have to examine ourselves to see whether we are in faith. Um, that was point number one. Point number two for uh, last week's lesson was to establish an open, uh, evaluate whether our state of faith to establish our an open heart to transform through reflecting the Word of God, and then lastly, we to equip our life with the knowledge of God. And we said that God is several things. We said that God is spirit, and he's seeking those who, have a, who are spirit to worship him in the spirit and in truth. And then we said that God is sovereign. He has the right to do what he wants to do the way he wants to do it. And then we also said that God is secure, and it's, it's, it is his security that keeps us from being consumed in our own lust. Thanks be to God. So in establishing a connection, we know that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And you can reference Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 6. And in that, we know that faith is the force that connects us to God. So we got to walk it out. Trekking means to explore it. So there are things that happen when faith is set and established in our life. Number one, we encounter God. We encounter God. We encounter His ways. We encounter His wisdom, and we encounter His wonders. We encounter God, who God really is, through His ways, His wisdoms, and His wonders. And then we also experience the supernatural through His Spirit. Experience the supernatural through His Spirit. We we begin to learn. uh, how he exists, and that's what the nature of God is set to do. If we are confident in how God exists, then we will be confident in how we exist. For our lives is hid with Christ in God, and if our lives are hid, hid with Christ, hid with Christ in God, I no longer live it by myself, but the faith. Of the Son of God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. So, we, in, in, in establishing faith, we know that if we approach God, we will have that key word that we talked about last week access. And that access to God will be revealed in His salvation, His salvific work, salvation, His redemption, and then His res- reconciliation. Now, Tonight, let's go a little deeper because, thirdly, in the things that faith will establish in our life is an evolution process, an evolution to godliness. And evolution is a coined phrase that is used to restore or to create life out of the lifeless. And that's what he did. He created life out of the lifeless. Let's look at an illustration in Exodus chapter 3. For in Exodus chapter 3, we see the first leader of the children of promise, the children of Israel, begin to encounter God and to begin to be provoked, first to have an experience with God, then to have experience his spirit, which is the core of his character. The spirit of God is the intelligence of God. It is the, uh, is, it is the essence that we immerse ourselves in God. It is intimacy at its deepest core with God. And so when we, when we talk about experiencing God, then we evolve into what God wants us to be by his spirit. What God did when he created the earth, which was without form or void, was release his spirit. So the encounter that the earth had with God was first the experience of his spirit. And as a result, evolution took place, and light consumed the earth and caused living to occur. So we see in this example of Moses in Exodus chapter 3 that the encounter with God will provoke an experience with the Spirit that causes you to evolve. It is this, it is this miraculous encounter with the Spirit of God, burning a bush without it being demolished, that gets Moses to recognize that the God of Abraham, hallelujah, the God of Jacob, the God of Isaiah was with him, was for him, and was in him. And so here we see now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of the Midian. And he was led in the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Hareb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked and he beheld the the bush burning with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. He had an experience with the supernatural. Why, the bush burned. And when the Lord saw that he had turned and set aside to see... mm, When he had taken the time to see this great sight, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground, my God from Zion. Well, moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, and for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which which are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry by reasons of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows, and I am come down to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land unto a good land and a large unto the land flowing with milk and honey and unto a place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Pizzites and the Hivatites, and the Jebusites. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of of Israel is come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherein the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, and if thou mayest bring forth my people out of the children of Israel, uh, uh, my people, the children out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh? And... And should bring forth the children of Israel. And he said, certainly I will be with thee. And this shall be a token unto thee. That I have sent thee. When thou hast brought the people forth out of Egypt. Ye shall serve God. Upon this mountain. Let's stop right there. As we provoke God with our faith. It connects us to encounter God, So that we can experience his spirit So we can evolve To godliness And that's the illustration of this text God is calling us out And equipping us And he is establishing us As long as we have an open heart to To be existing in the knowledge That evolves us into his godliness And that's what we must endeavor to do when we explore the nature of God, one of the uh, points that we made last uh, lesson was that we must be real about the state of things. Remember, when when unplugging uh, the the nature of God in the last week, I I, I made it very clear that there were some things that we were going to have to do in order to exist in God's confidence. And one of the things that we were going to have to do is acknowledge the need for more, for the transforming process to happen. That's what God was doing with Moses when he was attempting to see What was so significant about the burning of the bush? Now, if you're not careful, you'll try to be like those apostles where when given privilege to experience the supernatural, they begin to confuse the supernatural with uh, uh, establishing a temple for worship. The phenomenon was was just an attention-getter. Ultimately, the call of God was greater to serve the people of God so that he could worship God in the mountain which God had called him to serve. So here we see that we have to acknowledge the need for more. We have to avoid the religious tendency to harden our hearts. And then we have to advance to the knowledge of the scripture and awaken to deeper realms. And accept the reality that is in themselves. Now, in order to do this, there are three things that we have to do. And this is where we'll pick up our text from today. We have to, number one, enlarge our spiritual territory. This is a pursuit that we the believer invoke. We have to enlarge our spiritual territory. Nobody's going to do it for you. You're going to have to determine and resolve to enlarge your territory. You're going to have to make God big enough in his effects by your expectations. That's what I mean. Connecting with him on a deeper level. Why? We hope in God. We're reflecting on the nature of God. We expand and enlarge the places in our hearts, the places of our hindrances, so that God can have his way. And when we talk about enlarging our territory, what we're saying is, God, you are big enough, therefore I expect you to show yourself big to me. And God knows that you're serious when you cut out the rhetoric and you release yourself for him to reveal himself to you. That's nothing that no one else can do for you. That's something that only God will be able to do. In addition to that, you have to maximize your encounters with the supernatural by existing and evolving in a spiritual environment. So you can't expect the natural man, of course, Corinthians tells us, cannot um, attain the things of God, neither doth he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. You in this life are going to have to maximize your encounters with the supernatural by evolving in the supernatural environment. First, the environment. Of your personal devotion toward the things of God. Then your environment of your personal prayer life. And then your environment of your public declaration in a place of worship. Those are significant steps in the life of a believer. And those are decisions that we must maximize. And those are choices that we must make as making God big in our lives. Also, when we talk about enlarging our spiritual territory, we're talking about meditating on the Word of God day and night. Now, when I talk about meditation, what I'm saying is meditation unlocks a passion for deeper meanings. When we say meditation, we're talking about developing meaning for our relationship with God. We're developing methodology about our relationship with God, uh, locating motives. For our relationship with God. And then equipping our motives with a mindset. Setting our minds on on the things of God. And then becoming a master. Exemplifier of the nature of God. So when I talk about meditation, I'm talking about a life um, um, that is set to evaluate our life experience. and, And eliminate low points. And then also encourage ourselves in the Lord. When I'm, when I'm talking about meditation, I'm talking about finding um, uh, the, the um, um, things that unlock the passions of the deeper meanings of life and finding the things that most matter to God for life and success, according to Psalms chapter 39, verse 3. When I'm talking about meditation, I'm talking about unlocking the power to make masteries through discovering the ways to success. According to Psalm 77, verses 11 through 13, and when I when I'm talking about meditation, I'm talking about the unlocking the divine principles that um, that when acted upon will uh, will will make the change you seek. According to Psalms chapter one, verses one through three, so there we see when we meditate a, a passion for the things of God, a power. To exist in the presence of God and then principles to govern ourselves according to, to the precepts of God. Meditation on the word of God is what causes us to enlarge our territory. And this we must focus on day and night. Uh, my second point for tonight is not only what must we enlarge our territory. But we must, number two, embrace the realities that come with the the reception of Christianity or Christian's reality. To live is Christ, and to die is gain. The old saints would say, Lord, teach me how to die. It is in Christ that we get to understand what God has done for us. Jesus Christ becomes our example. Jesus becomes our existence and Jesus becomes our empowerer to exist. God equips Jesus with all things that pertains to life and godliness in the knowledge of who Jesus really is. So when we focus on the Lord Jesus Christ in our life, we develop credibility. We develop character through the Spirit, and we also develop competence. That competence gives us considerations that are superior to the things of this world. It gives us clarifications to the complexities of life, and it challenges us to exist in the nature of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is one with God. When we talk about operating in the nature of God and examine the nature of God, we are uniting with the, with the power of Christ that causes us to live, to move, and have our being. And it is in this process that we learn things that, um, to embrace. We learn to embrace the renewal of life through his resurrection power for living, through what we received as, as being revived from slavery shaped to serve sin, and then we also release ourselves to exist in God's righteousness. When we talk about embracing realities that come through the reception of Christianity, we are talking about uh, the regeneration of the Holy Spirit. Now I want you to listen to this part. It is the Holy Spirit that enables us to live the Christian life. Jesus said that when I leave, I will send a comforter, John chapter 15 through 17. And we are to become one even as he is one with God by uniting with God in spirit. The Bible also says in the Old Testament that he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So we don't have any... Spirit that exists it contrary to the spirit of the living God. We house in our very mortal bodies the essence of God through power, through wisdom, and through revelation of who he really is. As we reflect on the nature of God, we become regenerated. We develop a new generation that exists spiritually because the natural man cannot obtain the things of God. because Neither does he know them because they're spiritually discerned. Our encounter with the Holy Spirit is allotted to us at salvation. The first, one, the first grace we receive is not only the renewal of life through his resurrection and through revived from, being revived from sin and released to exist in his righteousness, but we receive the regeneration of the Holy Spirit, which is God's sustaining spirit to exist in wisdom in knowledge and in understanding. It is God's source and insight that separates us to live um, to himself and makes us superior to the world. We are different. To live like we live is to let God be God. I said to live like we live as Christians is to let God be God. And in letting God be God, God becomes the source of our insights. When we talk about having a spiritual experience, being regenerated by the Holy Spirit, God's source on his insights separate us. To live to himself, which makes us superior to the world. And then God's secret instinctive guide will reveal and guide us through the renewed life. Renewed in the knowledge of him that called us to glory and virtue. Renewed in the spirit of our mind, which causes us to love God and live acceptably. Which causes us to be renewed in the inner man. The grace to live Uh, Which God enables us to live and do his good pleasure. So when we talk about being regenerated by the Holy Spirit, it is our resolve then to not only uh, be regenerated but also to resolve to live to a life of righteousness which purposes to please God. And existing as His. What an amazing message. Listen again tomorrow for more daily segments of Biblical Principle. Want prayer? Call our 24-hour prayer center at 202 709 pc for you. That's 202-709-7248. Until tomorrow, remember, a glorious life is not limited to 28 days. Every moment you're led by the Spirit of God, and as our founder says, it's glory from here.